Welcome everyone. Uh, for those that don't know me, I'm Piero. I'm, I'm the pastor here in New City, NYC. And my wife just, uh, she, a little bit ago before the scripture reading, uh, was telling us about our, our intercultural community. And uh, we are always uh, a very, very proud of the diversity um, of age, but also of culture, of passport. And even on, on our faith journeys. So even then, we come as a community together from all over the world to, to worship and to explore what Christianity is or to deepen our relationship with Jesus wherever we're at in our journey. So welcome, welcome. Um, but uh, as you might know, we've already started a series uh, called uh, Faith, A Journey of Faith. And believing despite the odds. And we've already gone through five teachings. And this is actually our sixth teaching. We've, we've had an introduction, um, which I, I taught uh, several weeks ago. Then we actually went and talked more about Abel and Enoch. And then uh, we've had others in our teaching team taught on Abraham, Noah, and Sarah, and their faith, and it's just been just an amazing journey, just journeying uh, towards uh, what Hebrew chapter 11 has to tell us about faith. Um, and we've been just looking at all these examples uh, in found uh, in Hebrews chapter 11. And, um, and today, though, we're, we're going to look at Isaac and Jacob um, and how them in faith and conventionally blessed their sons. And though revealing that God's blessing is not a ride, but a gift. The fulfilling of the promise is not necessarily a ride or something that we work for or that we were born with or that we were entitled to. But rather it's a gift that comes from God. And that is how these men and women by faith moved. Um, so, um, so that's what we're going to be looking at um, on Isaac and Jacob. But I'll give you a little bit of background here on the biblical record. We, uh, uh, thank you, Karen. She was talking about, first about Abraham. Um, a little bit of, of um, how all of these people died from verses 13 to 16. And that they desire a better country. We're going to go into it as well. Uh, but first... Let me um, talk to you a little bit about the background. Um, what, why is it, uh, it? It's kind of kind of funny or interesting that why did the the author of the book of Hebrews chose Isaac and Jacob that they by faith uh, moved and blessed their sons. You know what? Why they? What? Why? Why? Okay. Does it take a lot of faith to bless someone? Like. Is that really like a lot of belief, you know, as a father, I'm going to bless my son. And he said, by faith, he blessed them, right? And the generations to come. But it's interesting because he chose two particular people. Because we see throughout scripture how fathers will bless their firstborn. But the author chose specifically that by faith, Isaac and Jacob bless their sons. And, and I think it is because it was not... Not the custom to bless the way they blessed. It was actually quite countercultural 
to bless the way Jacob and Isaac blessed their sons. And that's what we're going to look at. And if you see here on first and Isaac, who is the father of Jacob, and we see here um, on, verse, on Genesis 27, now going back to, to the, the author of Hebrews, uh, he's referring to this. He, we see here that it says, so he went into his father and said, this is uh, Isaac, trying to get the blessing. My father, and he said, here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father. And then he lied. He wasn't Esau. But he said, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat my, of my game, meaning of what I've prepared for you, that your soul may bless me. Now, I'll give you a little background. Um, uh, uh, here, um, Isaac's um, father uh, was actually um, asking, uh, hey, um, Esau, can you go and kill, you know, go and go hunt. He's also a hunter. Go hunt something and prepare for me that I may bless you, right? But the thing is that, um, uh, you know, Esau went out, but then the mom loved who? Jacob more than Esau, right? So then the mom told, told, told Jacob, uh, hey, you know, I heard that your dad is about to give the blessing to, the first, to your older brother, you know, who is Esau. Um, I've heard about this. So how about you pretend to be Esau so you can get the blessing? Like pretty much go lie to your father right? and pretend that you're him. So this is now his comeback. The mother of Jacob, right? Um, the mother of, of, uh, of Jacob now um, uh, has prepared, right? The food. And then Isaac, Jacob's father, um, it's actually tricked. Now you can see here that it says, uh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, eat of what I've prepared, even though it was a mom that prepared it, that your soul may, be, may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you have found it quickly, my son? Because it's, it was really quick. Esau was still out there trying to get the food. And then um, Isaac said, because the Lord your God granted me success, um, I'm sorry, then Jacob said, because the Lord your God granted me success, then Isaac, the father, Isaac, said to Jacob, please come near that I may fill you, my son, to know whether you're really my son Esau or not, right? Because at this point, Isaac was too old, so he couldn't really see much, right? So he said, oh, I want to make sure this is Esau, because they're twins, okay? Esau and Jacob the children of Isaac are twins. But Esau was born first by a few seconds or minutes. And Jacob was born after, right? So then uh, <clears throat> Jacob went near to Isaac, his father, who fell him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. Because he put some animal skin. so that Because his brother was more hairy because he was a hunter, right? So he, he put all, you know, like... He put this like uh, animal skin there so that he, his father might think he's Esau. And then he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother's Esau in verse 23. Esau's hand. So he blessed him. Right? So he blessed him right there on verse 23. And then verse 24 it says, um, 
Are you really my son Eason? He answered, I am. Then he said, bring it near to me that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him and he ate and he brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, and, and bless him. And then he blessed him. We're not going to go into that because it will take forever. But then he proceeded and blessed him as if he was the firstborn, Right? Now, fast forward a few verses after Jacob and fairly got his older brother's blessing. Remember, at that time in culture, the firstborn was the one that would get the most blessing as a firstborn. It was, they were entitled to it. It was their right to be blessed because to get the greater blessing. They will all be blessed, but the firstborn will always get the greater blessing, Right? So now in verse 31, you see, and I says, Melvis, Melvis, I'm going to bless him. So he bless him. On, on verse 31, it says, he also prepared delicious food. This is Esau to his father. And he said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game. So now Esau has come back. Jacob has already been blessed by Isaac. He's that, they're that. And then his father has said to him, who are you? He answered. And then Esau said, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came and I have blessed him. And then it says, Yes, and he shall be blessed. Now for a lot of us that like fair things, it sounds really hard, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I was strict, but oh yes, but he shall be blessed indeed, you know, says Isaac. And then as soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. This is Esau. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. All right. So we see a lot of rivalry here. A lot of imperfection all over the place. A lot of what we call sin. And, and, then, and then there is this that happened with, with, um, with Jacob. But now hear this on Gen. Uh, now if, if we go back. To the biblical record of Jacob. Now Jacob the God the blessing grew up. Now he has children. Right. So fast forward several decades later. Now from Genesis 27. We're going to Genesis 48. And now it's Jacob the father. Who's like old you know. And Jacob said to Joseph. God almighty appeared to me. At loose in the land of Canaan. And blessed me and said to me. Behold I will make you fruitful and multiply. All right, so then on verse 5, and now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine as Reuben and Simeon are. So give you context, Joseph was uh, one of the sons, the second last son of Jacob, who was taken into exile to Egypt. He had now two sons, right? And then uh, what Jacob does is saying, you know, your son, your, my grandsons are as if they were my sons. They're not just my grandsons. They are as if they were 
my sons, and they each will get a portion of the land, basically. Right? So, very unconventional. Grandsons don't get stuff. They will get it from their father when their father grows up and bless them. But no, Jacob says, no, 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 but these are like if they were my sons. So, I'm going to give them uh, part of the inheritance. And then... Fast forward on, on verse 9, Joseph said to him, They are my sons whom God has given here. And he said, Bring them to me, please, that I may bless them, said Jacob. So, okay, bring them. Bring, bring these sons that, bring your sons that are like my sons, Reuben. Reuben and, and Simeon are also uh, Joseph's brother, older brothers, okay? And then um, let's fast forward to verse 13. And then. He says, and Joseph took them both, and Ephraim in his right hand towards Israel's left hand. Right? And then, um, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand and brought them near him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it to the head of, a, of, uh, of Ephraim, who was a younger, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, crossing his hands. So basically, Joseph's camp... And puts the older on the right hand, because the right hand gets the better blessing. And puts the younger on the left hand. But what did Jacob do? He went like this. He went like this. So actually, um, actually, um, Ephraim was a younger, but he got the blessing of the older. Basically what was done to him, he was doing to them now. And now you see here that Joseph have a very similar reaction as Esau. You see here, when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him, right? Because Ephraim was supposed to be the younger one. And then, and then it says, and then he took his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, not this way, my father, since this one is the first one. So Joseph is telling him, this is the way it should be done. You're doing it wrong. Right? And even takes the, his father and, and changes it. But his father refused and said, I know my son. I know he also shall become a people and he also shall be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his offspring shall become a multitude of nations. Very similar situation. Now let's get into this stuff really quickly. Now that you get the background. Right? Now maybe you understand why Jacob... And Isaac are mentioned on Hebrews 11. Because they were doing stuff out of faith. Out of a, in, in a way, doing it out of a place of, of um, not what was culturally accepted. Okay? So now, I put this because we, there, is a, there is faith. Then that, there is a promise that was given through his offspring, and then there was a blessing that came from them to the people, right? Now that, Andrea talked more about that, uh, that kind of stuff, so you can go back uh, and listen to her sermon. Um, but now, if we, if we go back to uh, verses 13 to 16, and it says, faith hopes, hopes for what is ahead. And then if you go, if we go back to verse 13 to 16 here, um, let me see here. Then it, it, it's talking about um, this all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. 
for people who speak does make it clear that they're seeking a homeland. Now, uh, they're talking about Abraham and all the people that we've already talked about on the other ones. And if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Now, if we see here on these verses, we see that faith hopes for what's ahead. We have, look, we have been looking at Abraham, for example, he was talking about Abraham and the others, that they left their land, they left what they knew, and they didn't go back to what they knew, but they looked in faith to what was ahead, right? That, and those are the verses that came before um, Isaac and Jacob and all, that, all, and all that stuff. So he, says, he said, for he had prepared for them a city. So they had an opportunity to return, but didn't. They desired a better country, a new city. So faith, we can see here on this scripture, on the first half of the scripture, or the first half of the passage that was read, that faith, hope for what is ahead. They're not looking at what's going on right now, but they're looking to what is going on later, the hope that they will obtain one day in eternity. Now, we, we see that on verse 13 to 16. Now, on verse 17 to 20, which was Isaac and Jacob, which I gave you the background, um, is that um, the faith perseveres. Now, even when God's plan is not what you want it, faith perseveres, right? We saw that on Abraham, that despite God asking him to sacrifice a very promise, what was illogical did not make sense, Right? So we see that uh, first uh, um, on the previous verses that Abraham was asked to sacrifice a very promise that was given to him, which was his son, um, what, which was his son Isaac. But then, but then we see that, that despite God asking him to sacrifice a very promise, uh, he persevered in faith. Think about it. Maybe God... God says, hey, Abraham, you know what? I'm going to give you a son. And then Andrea talks about how, they, how Sarah struggled about that. And then they had a son. And then Isaac was born out of a miracle. And then God comes and asks Abraham to sacrifice the very promise that he has given him. And Abraham went and did as he was commanded, even though it did not make sense. As we know, though, Isaac was not sacrificed because obviously God came forth and gave a lamb instead of Isaac. Right. We saw this on, 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 on the first verses here that even said that Abraham's faith was so much so that even if he sacrificed uh, uh, Isaac, the son, he thought he had the faith that God was going to resurrect him from the death. But we know from scriptures that when he was about to kill him, God said no and provided a lamb instead. God was testing Abraham's faith that his worship was not to the promise, but his worship was to the promiser. God was testing Abraham's faith that his faith was not towards the blessing, but towards the blesser. That he was about God's face, but not God's hands or what he can give. 
So even on that relational trust and faith, he knew like, even though it does not make sense that God is asking me to sacrifice a promise, but I'm going to do it because the book, the author of Hebrews says that he will even have faith that God was going to bring him back from the death because he knew, Abraham knew that the character of God was not to kill people out of nowhere, right? I, I, but even in the illogicality of it, in what it did not make sense at all for Abraham, he chose to, in faith, obey. Now, in Isaac and Jacob, we see that faith perseveres even when it does not make sense. Now, we've already talked a lot about these passages and both of them to give you the background of what's going on and what um, the author of Hebrews chose Isaac and chose Jacob as an example of faith. Why? Because, yes, there was sin. Yes, there was imperfection. Yes, what they did was wrong. And that was because the promise was not yet fulfilled in Jesus. But even then, it is telling us that, hey, you know, the gift of a blessing is not based on an entitlement or a right. If you think about that. But they persevered. Even though, um, for some reason, Isaac did not intend to bless Esau, uh, to, to bless uh, Isaac, but to bless, um, to bless Jacob, but to bless um, Esau. He intended for... Uh, to bless Esau, but he ended up blessing Isaac because he was tricked. But even then, he felt that somehow that was still kind of what God wanted in faith, that, that kind of unconventionality, right? He could have been like, hey, you know what? You're right, Esau. Uh, you know what, Jacob, you did wrong. The right thing to do, what is being entitled for Esau, is for him to become the one that is blessed, right? But he did not do that. He somehow... Felt that, okay, this is weird. This is kind of like out of the normal. But I'm so sorry, Esau, but this is how it is. This is how I feel. Now, for a lot of you are thinking, oh, wow, that is so uh, unfair. And yeah, for me too. It it feels very unfair. And that's when we're going to go to the next one. That is faith perseveres even when it does not make sense. Even when it seems, it might seem unfair. But if you see here, it's the faith. It's through grace and not works. Now, think about this for a second. So, we are to receive God's blessing through His promise, not through right or entitlement. But it's rather a gift, not a right. We do not work for it as to not become entitled like Joseph or Esau, or like, as we can see, the younger and older brother, uh, from 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 the if, if we read the prodigal son story, um, but or like the Pharisees versus the people that were like drunkards, but they were like accessing Jesus because they were repentant. But on the other side, you got the legalistic people that they were entitled to receive God's blessing. And Jesus was like, no, 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 the Pharisees' way is not the way. These guys who aren't don't have the right that are not entitled. They come and repent and they have the faith to come into the kingdom of God, right? Because the Pharisees thought that by their works, by the way can do because they're right and they ought to have it. Then it's by my works that I receive salvation. So in some ways we see why the author of Hebrews chose to mention Jacob and Isaac 
as people of faith when they bless their sons. Because it was a right of Esau, it was a right of the youngest brother, of uh, youngest son of, of Joseph, uh, oldest son of Joseph to receive the blessing. But we are reminded that it is not by entitlement, it's not, but it's not through a right, but it's a gift. So that's what, that's, that's, that's what I see that went on. Now, obviously we see a lot of, a lot of family scene patterns, a lot of deceit, a lot of stuff that is kind of weird when it happened with Jacob and, and, and Isaac. But I think on the overall, there is a shadow of grace that even though um, Esau and, and I think it was uh, Manasseh re- ought to receive the, uh, the blessing, they didn't. God is like, well, it's not about what is, is the right for the person or what the person is entitled to receive. But it's about grace. It's, like, it's a gift. It's a free gift. And that's why Joseph was so mad. And that's why Esau was so mad because it's like, I am entitled to the blessing. The older brother is entitled to the blessing. That is what is the right thing to do, right? And then the younger ones, uh, the marginals, you know, they are, they are not to receive the blessing. But think about it. If the olders were to receive the blessing, then the youngest wouldn't have received the blessing. There's an, a conventional way of looking at things here. Yeah. Maybe after. Is that okay? <laughs> Just because we, we're running out of time. But we can talk after. We'll talk, we'll talk. So, so, um, so then, um, so now, going, uh, I, might, I might answer the question that you might have with this next step. So, now, faith is through grace, not works, but then faith is fulfilling Christ, which is the ultimate blessing. Now, though in faith Isaac and Jacob bless their children, Ultimately, they were not able to do it perfectly. They didn't. There, were these, there was deceit in the family. There was sin in the family. Uh, Jacob, you know, I don't think God was pleased in the way Jacob handled the situation. I don't believe God was pleased on the way um, Isaac um, handled, uh, not Isaac, but uh, Jacob handled the situation by deceiving uh, his father by making his brother angry. He lied to his father. He lied to his brother. He stole the blessing. We see the same. Jacob acted in the same way as he received. Because Jacob, if you think about it, there's a family sin pattern there. Jacob deceived his father, right? Isaac. And then Jacob takes the same pattern of Seen and does the same and crosses his arms and blesses the younger rather than the older, right? So we see there's an imperfect way of doing things. Now, somehow, on God's sovereign way of things, he's saying, yes, it is not by right, it is not by entitlement, but it is a gift. And obviously, we see that that progression is finalized in Jesus because... Um, because we see that, that though it was imperfect then, now they couldn't do it perfectly. They could have blessed both. They could have done things in a way that is more, let's say, 
fair and when they can show the fullness of grace. You know, there was a shadow of that grace because, yes, though Jacob was not entitled, though the youngest son of Joseph was not entitled to the blessing, right? But there was still signs of imperfection, signs in which we see that God in his grace again utilizes them to show his grace. What is grace? Undeserved favor, undeserved blessing, right? And this is what I want to tell you this. They were not able to do it good. Isaac and Jacob and Abraham were not able to do the things in the fullness of the spirit. But there was a faith that, it, and that's what the author of Hebrews is saying, they had the faith that became fulfilled in perfection and it was embodied in Jesus. Now, faith in Christ is the ultimate blessing because as we know, their children became a nation. We know that the children of Jacob, Isaac, Abraham became a nation and this nation, guess what happened? It happened the same thing. There was this family sinful pattern, right? They turned their back on God because of their sins. And even though God sent kings to tell the nation, God sent prophets and priests because out of the children of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, a nation was birthed. And then, but they were not in good relationship with God because again, they were doing what their fathers were doing in deceit, worshiping other idols, worshiping themselves, right? But God, then God sent the kings, God sent the prophets, the mouthpiece of God. God sent the priests to warn them of their disobedience and their sins, but they did not listen to them. Their communion with God was marred and broken. But God in his mercies had a plan, like the author of Hebrews argued on Hebrews 9.26. He says, but as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages, meaning Jesus, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Though Jacob couldn't bless perfectly, though Abraham and Isaac couldn't bless their sons perfectly, but in faith somehow showed grace in the way they could do best, imperfectly. Jesus came as a one that sacrificed himself so that sin can be erased and our relationship with God can be restored. So, Isaac and Jacob had to repeatedly rely on their limited resources on sacrificing a lamb for the forgiveness of sins. But though then imperfectly, now in Christ, we're able to receive the ultimate promise and blessing where the promiser himself gave himself up so that we did not have to. It is no longer Abraham who had to deal with the dilemma of the sacrificing of his own son. Or Isaac and Jacob dealing with deceit within their own families. And brotherly hate and resentment because of the decisions they have made out of their imperfections. Though then God's grace and will was limited to human imperfections and sin. Now God's grace is ultimate, abundant and full in Christ Jesus. So now that is faith. Not by works, not by rights, not by entitlement. But a gift. We have faith on a promise. We have faith on a blessing that points us back to the blesser 
and points us back to the promiser. It is all about God, His presence, His love, His trust, what our hearts truly, really thirst for. It's not the blessing. It's not the, pro- it's not the promise. It wasn't the promised land what it was going to fulfill Abraham's heart. It wasn't the, 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 the forming of the nation. It wasn't even that the nation was going to bless other nations. It wasn't even that. It was that God can relate to humanity. It was a relationship through Jesus that we as individuals and a community can have with God and one another. That is the ultimate promise. The ultimate blessing is God himself. So let's pray. God, we just thank you for what you have. Lord, I pray as we discuss these things in the next few minutes that um, you will just speak to our hearts. That we can, God, um, just as we like process these things, God, about grace, about faith, about relationship, about relational, uh, Lord, trust with you. That, Lord, you will reveal yourself once more. In Jesus' name, amen.